0: Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Now we're, we're going to get back into the scripture, into the book of Revelation in chapter three this morning. And so we've been walking through the seven churches together and uh and so this is we're going to head into a, a place called Sardis. Uh in fact, we were there this weekend, uh or not weekend but the end of the week. We just drove right beside Sardis, but that was Sardis, Texas. And, and it was a little sleepy too. And I know when I lived down there down in Waxahachie, South of Dallas, that uh, Sardis is just a, a little ways away from there. And the only thing I ever remember being there except for a few towns or a few houses and stuff was Sardis Tyre. It was one of those those sleepy little towns. And we're going to see that this morning as we look into the book of Revelation. I have to start by asking this question. Have Have you ever caught yourself sleeping when you should be driving? I hope not, but I know a few years ago, we'll say quite a few years ago, uh, when I uh, first uh, started working, I was working an evening shift, and I just probably got out of uh, technical college, and uh, I was probably around 19 or 20, and then, then got into about 21 or two. Uh, I was working evening shift, and I was driving home. I had a one-hour drive. You know, that's not real bad, right? It's not a big deal, but when you're, not, when you're trying to get used to how you're supposed to do when you drive, it's, you know, you, you need to keep your eyes open. And so I was driving and I was 55 minutes into my drive. You catch that? 55 minutes. So I was just a few blocks from my house. And I mean, I was tired, working all day. And, and, and then there I am. I just bought my car three months before. Three months before. I was all happy about my uh, good used car. And, and so I'm driving and all of a sudden I woke up to this serious crash. Yeah, I, I did say I woke up. So anyway, uh, so and I looked, and what I had done is I had went to sleep while I was driving, and I crashed my car into the neighbors. And so uh, the poor neighbor and the poor uh, me, and uh, they attended church with us at times. And so uh, anyway, so it was two in the morning. I didn't want to wake him up, so I went to the police station, all that. But they called him anyway. So now both my car my car, and their cars are crushed. So the, the bad thing is that if you go to sleep when you drive, you're going to be caught off guard rather abruptly like I was. And, and so that's just, just the way it was. And the same thing can happen to people spiritually. And, and we have to be careful that we stay awake, that we stay awake in our lives and spiritually speaking. And this is what's happening here in Revelation in chapter 3 with the church at Sardis. say, They've uh, went to sleep spiritually, and Jesus is trying to get them up. He's trying to arouse them, to wake them up, so they aren't woken up with a crash. So Jesus, he he comes to the Apostle John in open vision, and he tells them to give a message to the churches in Asia, these seven churches, and and it's the message to each one of them, and, and it's pertinent to us today as God's people, as his church, even in 2023. And he's. I've already shared some of the messages, uh, and John has been faithful to write them down so that the message can be given out. And they they probably circulated those uh, the the message of Revelation to the different churches, besides to each specific church. And, and, but Jesus is speaking to this church called what I'm going to call Sleepy Sardis. In verse one. Jesus really reveals himself as he who holds the seven spirits of God or the sevenfold spirit of God. He's not saying that, that, that God is comprised of seven different spirits. No, that's not what he's saying. But Jesus tells this church that they are alive, but they're dead. Now, how does that work? Well, let, let's, we're going to look at this for in a second. Here, and that's kind of what he's saying. And the question is, is how does a church die? And when a church's loyalty and service to Christ is left to the past, or if it's left to history or the good old days, then the church will die. And when the local church has made peace with the selfish systems of our culture and the offense of the cross will no longer have an impact... We don't want to be in those kind of places. We want to make sure that we keep our eyes wide open and our hearts wide open, that God may speak to our lives that we can hear what He has to say. So let's let's read the text here of the scripture. and he says this in Revelation chapter three verse one. He says, "To the angel of the church in Sardis, right? These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God, or sevenfold spirit, And the seven stars, right? The seven stars. And and I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. That is an exclamation mark there. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Then he says in verse 3 here, Remember, therefore, what you've received and heard hold it fast and repent it means to turn but but if you do not wake up i will come like a thief and you will not know at what time i will come to you so you ha- you have a few people in sardis who have not soiled their clothes jesus is making uh, giving them a statement here uh, and they will they will walk with me dressed in white for they are worthy The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that that name before my Father and his angels. And then he says, as he has said before with the other churches, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Lord, help us to be able to hear what your Spirit is saying to us. So in the very beginning here, Jesus kind of yells out to the church and says, "Wake up, church! Wake up!" He says that in these these first three verses or first couple verses. He's saying, "Become alert." Uh, you know, you know how that is. We have to be alert, right? And so, so I learned when I worked uh, in Kansas City so many years ago, and I especially after I hit that neighbor's car. Sorry, guys. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I learned that I, I needed to uh, maybe drink a little bit of coffee or do something to keep myself awake. So Jesus here, he he's making this call for the church at Sardis to to reverse their attitudes radically. See, an attitude is really a big thing. It's an important thing for each and every one of us. We have to be watch our own attitudes, right? It's easy that we uh, come to a place where we need an attitude adjustment. I don't know about you, but it, I, it happens to me all the time. I have to adjust my attitude. I have to be able to step back a little bit and, uh, and uh, change my way of thinking. So th- this church, they, they, were, they were dying and they couldn't take the chance to continue with their sleepy attitude about serving God. They'd been serving him in the past. Uh, Evidently, they had some good deeds before, but now they're kind of powerless. And and look at what he says there. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. So that kind of says it there. They have this reputation of being alive. Our, Our reputation may go before us, but it isn't always correct. It's not always right. It's evident that it wasn't right in this case. Reputation is simply what people believe about you. If it's accurate or not, and maybe by some things that you've done in the past and that reputation has followed you, maybe before you came to faith in Christ you had a reputation that you weren't proud of and maybe that has followed you at times, but Christ has done something in your life and then that reputation is put to the side. But maybe you have some friends that saw you then, and they're, they're going to remind you of the past, right? But you have to remember God is the one that knows your future and what he is doing in your life. So maybe, maybe they were alive in the past, but what about now? This is a question I have to, have to uh, uh, turn towards ourselves and ask ourselves, is, is this how we are? so so all we all we need to do is to lean in and to ask that question to ourselves is your face still alive so if, if somebody asked your next door neighbor uh if, if you're a follower of jesus what would they say uh, you know that sometimes that can be a telltale side what what would your next door neighbors say uh, and sure there's reputation thing but usually those are those that are closest to you or most near to you uh, in proximity and hopefully they would know some things about you. Let's look a little bit at Sardis. Sardis is an interesting place. It, it's uh, it's a, a kind of a, a chief city of the Hermus Valley and most of the agricultural uh, important valleys uh, uh, are not near as big as what this one is, and not as vital. This one is an important place and it was one of the former capitals of the Lydian kingdom, if you care about them, and they're heir to the legendary gold of King Croesus, and much of the city of Sardis was newly constructed, Uh, had had a new place, right, and with generous assistance from Emperors Titus and Claudius, because in 17 AD, they had a big earthquake that come through. So they, they get all the governmental help that helped them, and it, and it destroyed many of the towns there. And So Sardis, it quickly recovered. They, they get all the, the special help from the government back then. They even did it then, right? And uh, so they recovered from the quake and prospered throughout the Roman era. So Sardis was—it uh, was a moving place. It was a district capital. And the impressive Temple of Artemis, they had one of those not like... The big one at Ephesus that we heard about, Artavis and or Diana, those false gods that they served there. So not that we're celebrating that, but we're just getting a picture of it. And so during the Roman era, parts of this temple were used for the imperial cult where they would worship the uh, Caesar. But Christianity took a deep root in this place. It took a deep root in Sardis, Uh, And it had been fairly strong despite the oppression. But Roman Sardis is largely unexcavated, but there are still portions of it where they found a 35 foot wide street that had colonnades, columns, you know, all along it for about 4,600 feet. Uh, that's, that's a long way. They had a lot of things going on there. They had a big bath and gymnasium complex dating from about 100 A.D., so just a little bit later. And, and, and that's been all reconstructed. And then they had a big gym, and they found a, a Jewish synagogue, which was a pretty good size at, at 60 by 20 meters a little bit more than our yards. And so, but some scholars believe that the Christians who were Jewish at that time in Sardis were tempted to kind of compromise their faith because the Caesars allowed the Jewish people to forego having to follow through with emperor worship. But so, some of these that have come to faith in Christ and the Messiah. They were tempted to kind of compromise their faith and hang out just in the synagogue so they wouldn't have to go through the the stress and the strain of having to deal with getting their certificate, right? Because that's what they had to do. Jesus told the believers living in this community to wake up. To wake up in verses one and two. There, he said, I know your deeds, you have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. So, he, he's making a statement here, right? There's some things happening here, and, and he says, For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. So, there's been some things that have been left aside, God has started to work in them. But there's some things that haven't been finished, and uh, we all need to recognize those times in our lives when something is left undone. And, and that takes a little bit of a mirror, doesn't it? Sometimes we have to pull out the mirror, right? That's every morning, you know, because I have to keep my nice hair really good, so I look in the mirror every, every morning. There's not much of it there, so it's not real hard. Uh, and so you have to look in the mirror and see what is left undone, Right? Some of these people and the works that they had, they were salvageable. See, that's important for us to remember. He's, he's telling them this message. Why? Because God has a plan and he has a way to make things work. And their works are salvageable. In other words, you can work till the end and you can, you can see good things come out of this. So, so we, we, we see here that they needed to recognize that they had been sleeping. And if they would become alert to their spiritual state... Maybe they could get things right. Sometimes we're so spiritually sleepy that we don't even notice our own state. Have, have you ever noticed how a family member or maybe a friend is, maybe they sit on the couch or chair or something, and they're, you, you, you come into the room and there they have a, a book open or maybe their phone, phone, I would say their phone open, but, you know, have, a, have something out on their phone. And, and you notice when you come into the room, their eyes are closed, and maybe their mouth is a little bit open. <laughs> and uh, and you say and, and you're you saying, "What are you doing there?" And they say, "Well," they, and they wake up. You wake them up, and they say, "Well, I'm reading." Oh, yeah, this is really good. You're eating, reading with your eyes closed. You know, you know. It's like, uh, so why why do we do that? I don't know. Why do people do that? Sometimes that's what we do. We don't want people to see us while we're sleeping. I don't know. We don't want to be caught that way. But Jesus warned us that if the church at Sardis didn't wake up, he will come without warning. He, he will arrive without warning, like, like the thief in the night. And he says in verse 3, but if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Kind of reminds me of the the parable of the ten virgins, uh, the young women that that Jesus told in the gospels. And if, if this sleepy church didn't wake up to their spiritual realities, they were really in danger of losing what they did have. Uh, and it should be a reminder to each and every one of us as individuals, as families, as a body, that we need to stay awake. We need to stay alert. We need to stay focused and aware of what's happening around us, not only in the world around us and in our, our community of faith, but also in our own lives as individuals. We need to make sure that we stay awake because it is so easy to go to sleep. So easy. So easy. I knew a man I'm going to call Bob to protect uh, the innocent, but Bob isn't from this area. Don't worry, Bob, and Robert, it's not you. And, and so from another area in this world, and, uh, but Bob had received Christ, and, but he was in a great dilemma in his life, and uh, there, there were some good things going for him, and he was able to buy a business and to work through some of his problems that that he had pushed, that had pushed him in his life to towards drug abuse, and and really had uh, made a mess of his life. But Bob decided at one point, after he's starting to get up on his feet and things seem to be going a little bit better, but he decided that he could do his thing, do things his own way. And because he started to go down that pathway, it affected his life, and before long he was. He was not very alert of his spiritual condition and he let it go to the wayside. It wasn't long before he was trapped in the old same old vice and he lost his business because he had a business. He lost his family. He really lost everything. He did not have to lose everything. This didn't, happen to, didn't, have, it didn't have to happen to Bob if he would have stepped back to see his condition And he needed to wake up. And you and I need to make sure that we look at ourselves in the mirror. And if somebody does say something to us, hey, you know what? Your hair is messed up. Not to be offended, but to take that note and say, okay, well, if it's messed up, I guess I need to think about it. Maybe I need to pray about it. Maybe I need to fix it, right? Don't worry. Some of you are doing this trying to say, did I mess my hair? (laughs) No, I'm just teasing. But... But really, when somebody says something to us, we do need to be aware, take it to the Lord, put it in his hands, and have him help us. There are times that we need to listen to the Lord to wake up and look at our condition and strengthen what you have received from God. Because we've all received something from God at this point. you say, well, I don't know if I've ever received anything from God. I am telling you, friend, that if you are here today or if you're online, if you are here and alive, you have received something from God because he's allowed you to live up until this point. And that's a reality. And so we've all received something from God. Not only did Jesus tell sleepy Sardis to wake up, but the second thing he says there to him is remember what you have received and heard. Remember, and God gave you something, He's taught you something, you've learned some things from Him, you've received things from other people that know Him. There in verse 3, he says, Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard, hold it fast and repent. In other words, turn back to him, right? Turn away from the direction we were going, turn back to him. So they had received the apostles' message of the good news, right? Sardis, the church there, remember, it's just a local church, just like this church. It's just like Topeka first. Uh, And they received the apostles' message and they had had, uh, not only listened to the message of the good news of Jesus, but they had received the message that Jesus came and died and rose to give them eternal life. They had been delivered out of the dominion of darkness as Colossians 1.13 tells us. They, They listened to the good news of Jesus and accepted it by faith. They heard the teachings of the apostles. My goodness, they were around the Apostle John evidently, right? He's in the area. He was off in Patmos on the island, right? And he had an investment in their life as he's writing to them. And they heard the teachings uh, and they knew the prophets and who brought uh, good news about the Lord. And so now they not have not only received the good news of Jesus by faith, but these believers in Sardis had heard the teachings of the apostles and prophets... who opened up to them the mystery of the gospel. I'm sure these believers were taught about the tripwires... that the devil can set up for them, right? I'm sure they're, they're aware of those things that can be said... and surely they had heard about keeping their faith in adversity... but after a while it must have just became a grind... And we have to be careful as followers of Jesus that our our daily faith, our daily walk with Jesus does not simply become a grind, just something basic, just something simple. And finally, we get bored with what God is doing. We need to keep our hearts open because if we will stay open to him, he will continue to work in our lives. So here Jesus tells this sleepy church of Sardis to remember what you heard and received. But he tells them to keep it, keep it, keep what you've received, keep what you've heard, keep, keep, hold fast to that stuff, because if we're not careful, we can easily lose the things that we have received. People do that they lose the things that they've received. Have you, have you ever been given a gift and, and uh, you're like, you know I, I knew I had this gift and, and then you then you can't even remember you can't even remember what the gift was because uh, it, it's been a little while back and you lost it maybe it got slipped under the couch or or, or maybe it fell under your bed. I, I don't know but, but you you've got to find it if we're not careful we, we will miss out. we have to hold fast to the gifts the things that god has given us remember when you were a kid maybe you went down to the park and enjoyed the stream i I know at least for some sometimes kids just love going to the streams and those kind of things maybe you threw rocks in the stream or maybe you took leaves and and took the leaves and threw them on the water kind of like a cruise boat going down the water and, and and just a little fun things right that you do as a kid and uh, you may have ran and j- jumped in the mud. I'm sure that that's probably what I did. And probably mom hosed me off outside and said, don't do that again. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, those are the days, the good old days, right? The, the good old times that they bring back to mind the days of innocence and excitement. And Jesus was asking his friends who were asleep at the wheel to look back and to remember where they had come from. You know it is interesting when I when I think back of the time when I told you about that I, I had that accident. I, re- I remember coming to and I, I drove into town, into into my town. I lived in Atchison at the time. I, I drove into Atchison. I got to where the uh, what I think it was Blair feeds and, and maybe the power station was or something there. and I, I stopped at the four-way signal and 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 then as I, I proceeded from there, and that's the last thing I remember uh, before then going to the next stop sign I think I woke up there and then I turned left on the commercial street and that was it I didn't I knew I was sleepy, but maybe I wasn't honest with myself and sometimes I think in our faith we can do that if we're not careful we can not always be honest with ourselves see Jesus was asking his friends who were asleep at the wheel to look back and remember where they came from and remember how God had changed their lives. And then Jesus tells them, don't, don't throw it all away, but keep your life that you received in him. Don't, don't let it go to the wayside It's so easy at times for people just to say, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it really matters now. You know, I'm a good person. I can keep moving this direction. But the the facts are is we need God. We need Christ and what he's done for us no matter what day it is, no matter how good life is going or how wrong it's going. We need him because he is the one that formed us while we were yet in our mother's womb, and he loves us. Have you ever got to the place where you remember uh, where you remembered what you have heard and received? Keep all that the Lord has given to you—eternal life, empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Those those uh, those weren't only for the days gone by. Those weren't something for yesteryear or, or ten years ago or forty years ago or five years ago or three days ago. They are for. For today, we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. Not just tomorrow, but today. We need him today. Yesterday is gone. That's set aside. We need him today and for the future. Then we see something else here that, the, that, that Jesus is talking to the Apostle John. And he says, some have soiled their clothes. Some have got their clothes dirty. Some of the believers had already been tripped up by the devil and, and evidently had given up. Is what we're we kind of uh, seeing from this. Uh, but, but some have not done that. Look at what verse 4 says here again. He says, yet you, yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will wa- They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. Haven't soiled their clothes. Their clothes aren't dirty anymore. Back in the days when I wore a suit a lot, a couple years ago, I had a, I had a, I remember this one time I, I was wearing a white shirt with a tie, you know, and I had a good thing. I had kind of a uh, maybe a black and white tweed. That's a, that, uh, maybe I shouldn't talk about, it, but that. But anyhow, I had a jacket on and stuff, but and I and I had a Volkswagen diesel car. And and I realized that that I needed to to add some oil to the engine. And and I can't remember where I was when I did it, but I do know what happened to it. And and so I decided to leave it running because it was hard to start at the time. And so I opened the top. That's just why I wasn't thinking. I I opened the top, and some of them have a shield inside of them, especially now. So if, if you open the top, it wouldn't blow anything out, but it would set the check engine light off. And so anyway, so, so I opened the top, and there on my shirt was all kinds of speckles of black diesel oil. I, I, had, so, I, I had soiled my clothes, and it, it, had, it was done, right? It was done. After that, it was, it was gone. That shirt was gone. It was thrown away. And that was it. See, and Jesus here is talking about being dressed in white, right? So in this passage, he's talking about that. And he's really, in some sense, he's even alluding to the wool industry at Sardis as well. And this uh, uh, intensifies the image uh, of dirty and corrupted garments. See, Sardis was an interesting place. Because if your clothes were dirty in the public, you're, you were removed from the public list of citizens in Sardis. What a weird rule. But Jesus tells the church that some of them are clean spiritually. They haven't been fooled by Satan. In other words, their, their clothes weren't soiled, they weren't dirty, but they had a, they had a reputation so, so why, these white garments, what is it? It represents things like righteousness and victory and the glory of God. But those who had dirty clothes represented those who had lost their citizenship, not with Sardis, but with the Savior. Those who had white garments were those who were to walk with Christ. And why? Because there was a clean, cleanliness to their hearts because Christ had saved them and transformed them from the inside out. Some of these believers may have been more concerned with their outward appearance than their heart. If you remember back to what Jesus said to them, he mentions that they had a great reputation. Great reputation, right? That that they were alive. But that's only the outward appearance. The outward appearance only lasts so long, right? Before I know it, you know, I remember being, when I was in Africa, uh, and in my 20s, I remember seeing, because I was in the sun so much, and it was so intense heat, that it's like, I got crow's feet really fast. <laughs> Who cares, you guys? And, and most guys, we don't care. But it's like, you know, it just reminds us how fast things change in our lives, right? It's easier to look the part than to be the beat part. Uh, Wayne C. Fields Jr. said, if you see a man holding a clipboard and looking official, the chances are that he's supposed to be doing something menial. Some of you get that. But he's looking good. He's looking good at it. Do you ever catch yourself trying to look more important than you, than you really are? If you do, it could be a dangerous disease. We want to make sure that we are honest with ourselves for who we are and recognize that Jesus has done what he has done for us so that we can be in a right relationship with God. If you don't receive some treatment from the Lord, you may miss out on the promise. We don't want to miss out on his promise. Then we have the fourth thing here that Jesus gives a a threefold promise uh, there in verse 5. And and it's related to the white clothes and we see it here in Revelation 3, 5. He says, "The, uh, the one who is victorious will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but I will acknowledge that that name before my father and his angels. What a wonderful thing that God's going to say, I know you, I know who you are, and all the angels know who you are because you're my child, you're, you're, you're my kid, you, you've trusted me, you've you, you become victorious, not because you were perfect, You may have been broken. You were a sinner, yet Christ gave his life for you so that you could have hope. And he says there in verse 6, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. See, these, these faithful Sardinian followers of Jesus would receive white clothes from Christ. They overcame the stains of pagan society and would be dressed in white. No oil stains. The pure relationship to Jesus is guaranteed. I will never erase your name from the book of life when we put our faith and when we put our trust in Jesus. Jesus promises the overcomer something special. He tells them that he will acknowledge his name or her name before the Father and his angels. See, God has promised to keep his people and he will keep his promise. We should keep our promise as well. Years ago, back in the 1980s and the early 90s, in 80, 84, 88, and 92, there was an American speed skater. His name was Dan Jansen. He suffered a series of disappointments in, in attempts to win Olympic gold. And uh, he did, he, 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 how did he keep coming back time and time again? You know, you wonder, he, he faced so many losses. He says he learned to keep things in perspective. Because uh, years before this, uh, uh, Jansen writes, he said, When I was nine, I was uh, competing in the youth national championships in Minnesota. He said, I was in good position to win my first national title when coming around a turn I tripped on the rubber hose lane marker, and that that slip cost me the title by one point. He said... I started crying. I was crying as mom took off my skates and during award ceremonies, I was still crying when I got in the car. Remember, he's a little kid. I was still crying in the car, and he said it took us six hours to get home, and I cried for the whole time as we got back to the house. His dad didn't say a word that whole time. He chose a word to say to him. He said as, he, as they got out of the car, his dad said, You know, Dan, there's more to life than skating around in a circle. It's all about perspective, isn't it? it it's just really that simple. Sometimes we, we, we get confused. It's, once in a while, you'll even hear a pro football player say something like that. It's a game. Once in a while, maybe not enough. Once in a while, we we have to keep the right perspective. As bitter as any loss may be, uh, when we know the Lord, there is always much more to life than any disappointment we're, we're now facing, especially when the Lord has given us such great and precious promises, hope, maybe some struggles that you go through to live a strong Christian life, but it's worth it even if you don't always win. Don't you want Jesus to acknowledge your name before the Father and His angels? You know, as we wrap this up this morning, don't don't be like sleepy the sleepy Christians of Sardis. It doesn't mean they were they were all that way, but some of them were, and they had to wake up. Don't be like that. But make sure that you wake up. Strengthen what you already have in Christ. Strengthen what God has given to you already and thank him for it and then continue to move forward with him and allow him to work in your life. Build up your relationship with Jesus and with the people, the faithful people around you. Encourage one another while you still have time on this earth because we need one another. We are living in the days where we know we need one another and we need to encourage one another. Don't don't worry about the past. Look to the future and what God has. And today, remember the faith that you received and the teachings you have heard. Keep what Christ has given to you. See, if your spiritual clothing has become dirty from the pagan society around us, because that's what it is around us, allow Christ to wash you. Allow him to make you clean. Jesus has done something for each and every one of us. He gave his life on the cross for us so that we could be forgiven. You know, as, he, as the apostle Paul wrote in Romans 5 eight, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were in that place, while we were hurting, while we were broken, while we were confused, while we were running our own direction, Jesus said, you know what? I love you even though you're broken and messed up and I'm going to give my life for you. As you keep your faith, look forward to the promises of God. Look forward to the things that God has for you in your life. Don't let all the other things that you face pull you back or pull you away to other other directions because Jesus gave his life for a reason remember as we talked about earlier in communi- communion it was a vicarious death it was a death in your place you may say well I wasn't all that bad I think friend you better relook I, I, you, you may you say well I, I got saved when I was was 12 or 13 you have to understand if, you, if if you disobeyed your parents you messed up significant all sinned and we all fell short of God's glory and all of us need Jesus and what he has done for us we need him and the wonderful thing is that he is kind and he is gracious to us if we will open our hearts to him and say to him yes Lord I'm going to wake up I'm going to be aware of my surroundings I'm going to be aware of myself and I'm going to say yes to your plan would you pray with me this morning Father Father We need you today because we know, Lord, that we're not perfect. Father, we thank you that you have created us in Christ Jesus. You've renewed us by your Holy Spirit for those of us who are born of the Spirit of God, those of us who have accepted you as Savior. But for those who may have not done that yet, those who haven't put their faith in Christ, today can be your day to say, Jesus, I'm choosing to follow you. Jesus, that's all you have to do is say, Jesus, I trust that what you did on the cross was enough to pay the price for my sin. I accept you, Jesus. That's all you have to pray. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Say that prayer in your heart. Say it unto him and allow him to work in your life. Father, we look to you this morning. Lord, as we sing this final song together, Father, we give ourselves to you. Lord, we are going to recognize the good things that you have done for us. That time that you saved us or set us free, that time that you protected us, the times that we may not have even known of your involvement in our lives, but you were still there, you were still working. And Father, you will still continue to work in the days ahead of us. Lord, we offer ourselves to you today.